was a young man that had come to his spiritual mentor one day and he was a little bit disturbed by something that had taken place he was disturbed because there was a point in time where he had said some things about his friends that were incorrect they were wrong and he was really frustrated about it and um, frustrated at himself because he said some things that hurt some some people of his friends of his so he went to this mentor and said listen I, I I just need some advice. I've been, I've been through uh, some things with some friends and I, because of that I said some things that I really regret. And I don't know exactly how to handle this and I don't know how to go about this, but I'm, very, I'm feeling very guilty about it and I need to know how to handle it. What should I do? So the mentor said, I need you to do two things. Number one, gather all the feathers you can. And when you do that, I want you to put a feather on each doorstep in this entire community every single person on the outside doorstep of their community so he kind of scratched his head and Are you sure that's what you want me to do? he said yes do that and come back to me and report back so he said okay so he went he gathered a bunch of feathers put one on each doorstep of the surrounding community he came back to his spiritual mentor and said to him I've done what you asked but I got to ask you, where is this going? I don't understand what you're asking of me. And at that time, it was at that time where the mentor said, is everything, is all the feathers on each of the doorsteps? And he said, yes, I did exactly like you asked. And so at that time, he says, I need you to do the next thing. And that is, go ahead and gather all of the feathers back and bring them back. I need you to get every single feather you went out and get them back. The young man looked at his mentor and said, that's simply impossible. The wind has probably blown most of them, if not all of them, away at this point. I'm done. I can't, re, re get, the, I can't get those back. They're blown away. And it was at that point that the mentor said something. Follow me now. He said this. In the same way you can't gather those feathers back, you can't get back anything that you said about anyone. And so at that moment, it became very real. That what he's done cannot necessarily be undone, but you can learn from it and move forward. This morning, I want to bring a message entitled, Love Busters. Love Busters. As I contemplated what kind of message to bring to you on this Valentine's Day week, you know, the temptation is, let's just talk about marriage and relationships, and all those things are good. But how about we talk about the things that often enslave us, and more so, uh, sabotage the relationships that we often deem very important. How many would agree that there are times that you have done something in a relationship that sabotaged trust or broke trust or broke some sort of dynamic that you realize now you kind of have to work twice as hard to get? So here's what I want to share with you this thought. What if we were to realize that, that there are lies that are out there that absolutely entrap us and enslave us to live in relationships we were never supposed to live in. In other words, your relationship may be right, but the way you go about it may be way wrong. The way you approach it. And what I want to do this morning is I want to expose the lies that sabotage those relationships you have. Now, just to be clear, this relationship message is not just for married people. 
It's not just for dating people. It's for single people. It's for all of the above. I think that there's even a word here for somebody that is just a helpful word for your relationships in general. I think when you start to realize that there are principles I'm about to share with you that can change your life forever. Especially if you're a teenager, especially if you're young in your life and you've early. Listen, I'm about to hit 18 years married, 18 years young, 18 years married this May. Yeah? 16 people said, yeah. Everybody else said, wow, I didn't think he was that old. I appreciate that. But I want to share some things because these five things that I'm going to share with you in just a moment, these five things, some of them are very obvious. They're obvious, but sometimes uh, revelation hides in plain sight. And there's some things that we know, but we don't practice because we know them. Oh, I know that. And you kind of dismiss it. But there are some other things I want to share with you this morning that very well, you may very well never thought of before. So allow me for a few moments, if you're single, dating, or married, or if you're a teenager, or if you're like, what is dating? All of those, all of those, I want to I get us all on the same page. And here's what I want to do. I want you to realize that there's some things that may not be correctable after the fact. But if you can get it right now, I believe you can lead yourself into healthy relationships. And it is my, my duty as pastor to help you get into healthy, biblical, solid, foundational relationships. Whether it's dating or marital relationships that will help you be a better believer, better father, better husband, better spouse. So wherever it is, these, some of these may apply more for others than they do for some of the other things that I may mention. So one of the things I want to just right off the bat... For married people, I want to talk to you about some for a moment. Be careful as to who you allow or who you vent to that doesn't know your story in your marriage. Don't let just anybody in your quarters of marriage, don't just let anybody in that circle and, uh, and expect them to have all the answers for you. Because there are sometimes when people ask advice. Have you ever asked advice of someone and when you asked it and they gave you advice, you're like, that is the worst bit of advice I have ever heard in my life. You ever, had, you ever asked somebody advice and they gave you advice, you're like, that was a waste of two minutes. I want my two minutes back. And some of you even longer, right? You're like, that was the worst three hours of my life. I want three hours back. There are times in our lives that we let the wrong people in our circle that haven't proven their trust, haven't proven trustworthy. And so I, I love what it says here in Proverbs because it's something very important. Because sometimes the wrong people say some things that actually um, become gossip and become other things that actually become love busters. They, they bust on your relationship in a way you never expected. So watch this. I love what Proverbs said. And some people think that the Bible is outdated. I never thought that. Because the more and more I read. The more I realize that God knew our story. Way before we did. Amen. You realize that? That God's inspiration. As far as the scriptures. How many know that there's no date and time for that? God knew what he was saying. And he had said some things. Way long ago. That's for you today. 
So here's what he said in Proverbs 26, 20. He said this, without wood, a fire goes out. Hello? It's pretty obvious, right? Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. You know what happens? You go ahead and tell your friend all these bad things about your boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse. And they're going on what you said. And they're going on all the bad stuff that took place just now. And they're saying, child, you need to go ahead and move on. You need to leave him, you need to leave her, you need to stop this and stop that. You need to, and you're, they're going on the little bit of bad that you gave them, and you gave them access to your whole life, and then you take that as weight and God. You take that as God's word, and you're, they don't know the whole story. Now listen, I know there's people that you trust, and they've earned that trust, that's okay. If they've earned, they've been through the good, bad, and the ugly, and they're standing with you, they're like, we're standing with you no matter what, right? But what about the people that just are there to kind of, oh, I'm going to tell you something, it's a prayer request. Sometimes just taking a step back and saying, God, show me what it is that's going wrong here, and God will reveal that. Why? Because you're not adding wood to that fire. That person comes into your story, all of a sudden they're adding more and more and your, your relationship goes in fire and flames and then you're like, what happened? We had something good going. Well, you let the wrong people in that circle. Does that make sense? That's a freebie. That's not even one of the five. I want to talk about love busters because you have to understand the difference. And I want, to, I want to speak to young ladies for a moment. Can I speak to young ladies for a moment? And those of you that have been married and are seasoned, I'll just say it like that. You're seasoned. You've been around a little while. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. Let me talk to the young ladies for a moment. Ladies, let me, let, me, let me get your ear for a moment. You ready? Be careful and understand the difference between someone who speaks to you on their free time and those who make free time to speak to you. You have to understand the difference. And I'm speaking to young ladies because oftentimes young ladies will only listen to the people that are listening to them. You have to understand the difference between someone who speaks to you on their free time and those who free their time to speak to you. I've spent I can't tell you how many hours around the altar, camps across America. I've spent hours counseling married couples on, uh, on my office, in my office on the couch, sitting there hearing their stories, story after story of people that have said, man, I gave in to something and someone that only was using me to get to somewhere else. And they didn't never, they, they free up time all the time. And then all of a sudden, I can't even get them on the phone after I gave up my virginity. After I gave up this, after I gave up that. And all of a sudden, now I can't even get them on the phone. All of a sudden, they ain't answering my texts. They ignore me in school. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. I'm telling you that there are times that I've sat with girls, tears down their tears streaming down their face, saying to me, Pastor Tony, I don't understand where I went wrong. I didn't see it coming. 
as a youth pastor, week in and week out, same story. I, 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 I spent some time with the boy and something went wrong and this, that and the other. And all of a sudden he don't talk to me no more. I'm telling you right now, you have to understand the difference between those who, who speak to you on their free time and those who free time to speak to you. Fellas, let me talk to you for a moment. And this goes for the guys and especially married men. Can I talk to you for a moment? I heard a bit of advice some time ago that I want to share with you and here it is. Whatever it took to win her, you need to do twice as much to keep her. Remember when you used to bring her flowers and candy and take her out? Now you bring her like mints and a toothbrush? <laughs> or you bring her something strange like slippers for your anniversary? Once upon a time, you were the hopeless romantic, right? He's so sweet. He's so nice. What happened? What happened? Time happened. Time happened and you were blindsided by, by a couple things that have, that have lied to you about how to win and keep a marriage and keep a relationship strong. It's imperative that you have to understand something. You have to all be on the same page. Are you with me? You have to be on the same page. And I want to share some important things that I want to share. These are the five things. I want to talk about love busters here today. Can I, can I talk to you? Because some of the obvious things that I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm going to tell you things like you should trust, you should obey, you should kind of all these things and submit and all these. Those are obvious. But let me share with you some things that are going to make meaningful relationships. Okay? But one of the love busters that people have tried is, Number one, trying to change the other person. One of the biggest problems that people go into marriage is they go into this marriage thinking, I'm going to try to change, don't worry, I'm going to change the other person. In other words, I'm going to bring them to the altar and alter them there. If I can just get them to the altar, then I can alter him. Y'all laugh because you know what I'm talking about. Right? If I can just get them there, just get to the altar. Just get to the altar. I can alter him. I can change him. I can change him, Pastor Tony. Oh, sure. He won't get up out of bed, but one day he's going to be a missionary. But he won't get out of bed right now. I'm trying to tell you something. You need to marry. And here it is. You ready? I'm going to tell you something that some of you may like. Some of you may not like. Some of you may not agree. Uh, but to be honest with you, I'm not here to get your agreement. I'm here to tell you truth. And here it is. Are you ready? You need to marry someone for who they are right now. Why? Does that mean, Pastor Tony, you don't believe God can change people? Oh, I believe God can change people. I believe that God changes people. I don't believe, by and large, that people change people. I believe we influence people. But I believe, by and large, and many of you know this story, look at me. Some of us have entered into relationships hoping and believing and trusting that they would become something. And years later, they're not. Years later, they're not. And then you say, God let me down. God let me wrong. You need to marry someone for who they are right now. 
because who they may become is left up in the air. And if you are barely liking them now, if you're barely tolerating them now, if you go just getting by right now in the dating time when it's supposed to be butterflies and Cupid. And I'm telling you right now, if you want someone who will worship God, they got to be worshiping God right now. If you want someone that serves God, they got to be serving God right now. Are you hearing me? Because this whole like missionary dating thing is way off. And I'm telling you right now, you cannot change anyone by yourself. It is only by the Holy Spirit's work that people are changed and transformed. Are you hearing me? I know I'm not going to get a lot of amens. But I'm telling you right now, especially if you're dating right now. You think you could change the, the, that person down the line. I'm going to change him, Pastor. You don't believe, you don't believe like me. You don't understand. I, I, I know this person like nobody else. Don't you think God knows them more than you? One of the biggest love busters is trying to ma marry somebody and, and believing that you can change the other person. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. But here's what I want to say. I do want to say this on a positive end. If you're, if you're in a marriage situation where your spouse is not serving the Lord, your spouse is not you know, following Jesus, let me give you some hope. Are you ready for this? Here it is. When you realize this simple truth, and I wrote it down, I want to share exactly the way I wrote it. We tend to become what our loved ones praise in us. We tend to become what our loved ones praise in us. Case in point. If you're in a situation, let's say husband and wife, husband doesn't pick up a sponge to wash a dish ever. Ever. The guy has, he doesn't even know what a dish, dish soap looks like or a sponge. He's never done it. Not that that's, this is anybody in the room. I'm just saying hypothetically. The guy has never washed a single dish. But one day, this captain man picks up a sponge and he grabs a dish and he starts scrubbing it and washing it. And before you know it, the dish is done. And, and let's say hypothetically again, the wife is like, oh, I can't believe it. He washed the dishes. Option A. Well, look who decided to wash a dish. Look who found where the dump soap is. Option A. <laughs> Option B. Sweetheart, I noticed you picked up and you washed all those dishes. I am so happy you did that. Thank you for doing that and making a difference here today. I just want you to know I appreciate it. I had a long day. You made it better by that little... Come on, somebody. Which one 
is going to be a love booster and which one is going to be a love buster? Well, hallelujah! Look who decided to wash the dishes! This is hypothetical. This has never happened. I know. Listen, I'm giving you some free advice. There are things, and there are people walking out right now saying, this is ridiculous. I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's going to get me later, right? Yeah, I'm in trouble. I'm going to need three men to help me get to my car after so. Three grown men. Preferably no martial arts. I'm just saying. Back to the story. You know what? You sabotage your relationship. When you say, finally, you helping out. You know why? Because we tend to become the praise that people give us. If your husband doesn't typically pray with you, if your wife doesn't typically pray with you, if your boyfriend, girlfriend doesn't typically pray with you, but you ask them and this time they did, why don't you tell them and make it the biggest deal possible, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you praying with me. Words cannot put into expression, I cannot say it with my mouth how much that means to me. If you want to encourage your spouse, your loved one, or that significant other, right? You want to encourage them? When you see something that they don't typically do that blesses you, make it the biggest deal. Make a parade out of it almost. Man, I can't tell you how much that means to me. I had such a long day. For you picking up that mess in the corner there, that means the world to me. Thank you. You give them a big hug, a big kiss, and you say thank you. And that's what makes a relationship boost as, a, as opposed to bust. We tend to become what our loved ones praise in us. You know what I learned to do? With my kids, I realized that my, my words have weight. When my kids do something right, I tell them twice as much as if they did something wrong. We tend to go reverse, don't we? We go overboard the other way, isn't that right? When someone does something nice, we say thank you. When someone does something wrong, we want to give them a three-page letter, single-spaced, how they've impacted our lives. We go the other way. We go abnormally wrong, lopsided. So I learned to use my words to empower, not to discourage. Number two, love buster is lack of intimacy. Lack of intimacy. Sometimes this happens with a couple that maybe you just had a baby. The whole universe now revolves around this baby. The baby grows up, becomes a toddler, becomes a pre-K. And before you know it, years have went by and you haven't been on a date. You haven't, you haven't got, you married couples, you haven't got together and you haven't, you haven't connected intimately in an intimate way. You just, it's been months and months and months and you just can't remember because you're like ships in the night. One doing this, one doing that, you, you're kind of taking care. And it's very easy to get, that, get trapped in that. Can I tell you something? I know what it's like to, to be like ships in the night. You know why? My wife and I have made, a, made a, a specific attempt every single month to go on a date at least once a month. We like to do it twice a month. We like to go out and just 
get the kids, get somebody with some, uh, get our kids with somebody that they love and appreciate, and just get them for a few hours. And then me and my wife just go out. Guess what? We go out and get ourselves hallelujah at steakhouse. Come on, somebody, and we get some steak on, and, and not steakums, steak on. We get steak on, and so we get we get our steak, and we we shut our phones off, or at least turn them upside down, and I, I shut off notifications. I don't want you blinging and telling me you checked in the Red Robin. I don't need to know that. I just need to know that my kids are safe. Other than that, I don't want to see the world, the social media world. My wife and I have made that decision. We do that. We date each other. We made that decision to date each other. It's okay to date each other. Oh, I won her now. I conquered I conquered it now. I won her. She's my wife. Now, <laughs> what's the next thing? You beat your chest and you're the only one that thinks you're King Kong. Everybody else thinks you're Curious George. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. True story. Because you ain't fooling anybody. You ain't fooling anybody. Make, make a deliberate attempt to get together. Whether it's intimate, intimately or just going out on dates. Just go out on a date and go out. And remove the world from your agenda for a few hours. Take advantage of, of the Wednesday night coming up here where the, the youth will be watching kids. And just go out for a few hours, man. And take that time. See, when you've experienced the pulling away and the slowing down and affection, that's only going to get worse, friends. It doesn't, it doesn't go like this on its own. You got to make the choice to say things that matter, to do things that matter, to pick up your relationships. Because your relationships matter to me. As your pastor, your relationships matter to me. They matter to me because they affect you. And if they affect you, they affect all those around you. And I want to see your well-being. And you know what? The lack of intimacy in relationships is a concern. It's a love buster. See, when the, en the energy that you pour into your relationship slows down, ain't nobody else going to speed it up for you. Ain't nobody else going to do anything for you. You got to do this. You need to schedule time together. If that's what it takes, then schedule it. You schedule your doctor's appointments, right? If you had to see a particular uh, specialist for a health reason that is critical to your life, would you schedule it or would you say, I'll let it happen when it happens? Nobody does that. How many have ever scheduled an appointment? You ever scheduled an appointment? You picked up the phone, you scheduled the appointment. You went into the office and you scheduled the appointment. Why? Because it was important to you. Why? Because you needed to. You need to schedule time with your spouse. You need to schedule time. Hello? Schedule time together. Because nobody else is going to do that for you. Rare is the day that someone says, I want to watch your kids so you and your wife go out. It has happened. It has happened. I'm not going to lie. People have come to me and said, when's the last time you went out with your wife? Let me, let me watch your kids. You go out. Has it happened? Maybe once or twice in my whole entire life. 18 years of marriage, probably happened twice. And I was shocked both times. But most people, they don't go out of their way to make sure you're okay. So you need to look out for your spouse and your spouse look out for you. And the relationship, you need to build on it. Because many people have this idea that somehow, when I get married, have kids, have a career, I'm gonna have this beautiful house White picket fence, 2.5 kids and a dog, and it's going to be awesome. No one is going to schedule your success. 
No one else is scheduling your success in marriage. No one is scheduling success for your relationship. No one. You have to go out and you have to make time. Number three, unrealistic expectations. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this one and um, I want to let you know something. Apologizing doesn't mean that you're wrong and the other person's right. Apologizing means that you value your relationship more than your ego. Sometimes it's saying, I'm sorry, is wrong. I expected so much in, in, in this relationship. I expected this, I expected that, and I never even told you. How many, how many know that sometimes we can expect people to do something and we, we never told them? There are marriages that start, and people that start and get into a marriage or get into a relationship, and they expect things, but they never said it to their spouse. And then they get angry when it doesn't happen. True story. My wife and I got married. We got married, and uh, I was just out of college. And uh, if you would have asked me when I was uh, just about to be married, what are your expectations for your wife? Go ahead, and here's a sheet of paper and a pen. And I, I promise you right now that I, I couldn't fill that sheet of paper at all. I don't know what I'm going to expect. I'm going to expect her to love me. I, I can put that down. I expect her to love me. Uh, I expect her to be faithful to me. Yeah, that's good. That's not unrealistic. Right? But after that, I kind of draw a blank. 18 years ago. Fast forward a year. After I'm married, my wife and I took a position as youth pastors. So now we're getting to know each other. We're getting to know the 450 plus people in our congregation. The 30 some odd people in our youth ministry as we were youth pastors. And then we're trying to figure out what a husband does and what a wife does. I had a whole lot of expectations for her that I didn't even know or was able to verbalize. But here's what I didn't know later. They were unrealistic. I expected her to do X, Y, and Z. And I expected her to do things that I wouldn't even do. And that is a dangerous love buster. When you expect your spouse or other to do something you wouldn't even do. That's unrealistic expectations. But you know what happens? Here's a nugget that I want to tell you. Don't miss what I'm about to tell you because it could change your life. You ready? We often judge ourselves by our motives and our intents. But we judge everybody else by their actions. We judge ourselves by, I meant to do well, I meant to do this, I meant to do that, so it counts for something, right? But you didn't do it. So all of a sudden, you're wrong and I'm right. You know how that pans out? I don't know, I didn't, I didn't mean to say that, but I'm sorry you heard it that way. That's me shoving it all on you, it's how you heard it. It's how you heard it, it's not how I said it. You know what I had to change? I'm sorry that I said it that way because that's not what I intended. I'm sorry I said it that way. Not that I meant to say it this way and you heard it wrong. I can't judge me by my intentions and them by their actions. I got to judge myself by my actions just like I judge them by their actions. You didn't do it, so you didn't do it. Fess up. Man up. Deal with it. You didn't do it, you didn't do it. Say I didn't do it because of this. All right? So I understand that there's something very important in this. So I judge myself by my intentions and judge them by their actions. This is plain wrong. Are you hearing me? Plain wrong. It's not fair and it's not right. And you basically are sinning against that person to judge them in a certain way when you yourself wouldn't even judge yourself. Though. I hope this is helping somebody. 
Philippians chapter 2. Verses 3 and 4. I'm going to give you a verse. For those of you that are in a relationship right now that is meaningful, that you see something there, you see potential for the future, or maybe you're in a marital situation already. You're married. You're married. And things, you know, have, have their moments. Every relationship has it. Here's something to take with you. Are you ready? Philippians 2. Learn this. Memorize it. Say it together. But here's what it says. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Isn't that good? Why is that good? Here's why it's so good. Are you ready? Because we have to realize that we have to communicate. And that's number four. Watch this. Lack of communication. Most of you know this one, right? This is pretty obvious. If you don't communicate, you will break ties. It just, you've, got, you've got to be able to communicate. Right? Lack of communication. Here are some alarming words. Are you ready? Here are some things that should throw up flags. Here are some things that should throw up concern. It's no use... I'm tired of doing all the work in this relationship. He or she is not even trying. I've got to get out. Those are all things that shape to be the beginning of the end. Unless God intervenes and you start changing direction in some way. Those things are love busters. How you approach adversity as a couple will determine how things will transpire. How you face the difficulties in your marriage, and your relationship. Let's say for a moment if you're dating, the way you face your trials right now will be how you carry it into your marriage. And if you're in a marriage already and you want to reshape that, there's hope. You have to understand that now I have to realize that A, I'm not in a contract, I am in a, I am in a covenant with my Spouse, Watch this. What's the difference between contract and covenant? Here it is. Contract is self-serving and details my rights. Right? When you sign a contract, you say, here are my rights. Here are your rights. You break the contract. Punto y sacabo. That's what my grandma used to say. Period. It's over. That's what my grandma used to say in Spanish. It's over. Break the contract, it's over, right? Covenant says, I am others serving, and this details my responsibilities. So you're not going to go in there and, 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 and lay a stake in the ground and say, our contract says you're supposed to do this. There's no love in that. There's no love in that. But if you say, our covenant is that we would agree to this. Here's my responsibilities and I plan to follow my end. What can we do to be sure that both of us are faithful to each other? What can we do to make sure that my responsibilities, what can I do to make sure my responsibilities are honoring you? Now this goes for relationships too, in a lot of ways. Whether you, maybe you're just dating. Well realize that if, if you're dating, there should be a point where down the line you can see each other married to each other. If you're not dating to eventually get married, why are you dating? All you're doing is putting, putting yourself in a position to make bad decisions down the line. I'm just, can I just shoot straight with you? If you have no intention on marrying the person, why are you even going forward any longer? 
And I know this is not popular, but I'm telling you right now that when you enter into covenant, this is it. This is for the long haul. It's not about my rights, it's about my responsibilities. And now all of a sudden it's about other people. So watch this. One of the things that my wife and I discussed early in our marriage, even before we got married, is that we will never say the D word in the house, divorce. Never say it. It doesn't come out of my mouth very often, and it doesn't come out of my house, my mouth at all, in my home especially. When we fight and we disagree, we fight fair. We don't hit below the belt. We don't throw each other under the bus. We decide that we're going well, to disagree, we're going to disagree together, and we won't bring the kids into it, and we won't put them in the middle of it, and they won't hear it. This is me and you, you and me, working out our covenant. Not a contract. A contract you can sit and say all you want. You can have a lawyers there in the room and you can say, well, I want this million dollars and that million dollars. And that's what, that's what athletes do, right? They sit there and they got an agent and they're working out their millions of dollars, right? That, that's a contract. This right here is a covenant. Me and my wife, my wife and I. And quitting is not acceptable. It's not acceptable. Now, let me say this one thing before I go into my last and final point. Adversity does not create a great relationship. It reveals it. Adversity does not create a good relationship. Listen to me now. It reveals it. The adversity that you go through in your relationships, they're not making you stronger necessarily. They're revealing what's already there. They're revealing what's inside. Just like if I squeeze a lemon, I'm not getting orange juice out of it. You follow? If I squeeze that lemon, lemon juice is coming out. If I squeeze the orange, orange juice is coming out. There's no faking that. Whatever pressures your marriage, it doesn't make it stronger. It's being crushed right now. It's being pressurized right now. What it does is it reveals it. So if there's something bad coming out, understand that there's something bad inside. It's only revealing some things. Last but not least, are you ready for this one? This last one's interesting. The last one is simply this. Wrongful retreat. Wrongful retreat. Now, there are times in our lives where we, uh, we do some things that affect our relationships. Follow me now. There are times that a couple may get into an argument, disagreement, and one of them says, you know what, I just need to go right now. I need to go out. I need to leave. I need to go to a place. I'm going to go to Charlie's for the night. I'm going to Dave's for the night. I'm going to Terry's for the night. I'm going to Sue's house for the night. When you retreat and you don't come back to work, make it happen, to make it right, I'm going to make this super clear. It's wrong and it's sinning against your spouse. When you decide that I'm going to retreat and not address the issue, then at that point, when you decide I'm, I'm just going to stay out for the night, guess what you're doing? You're letting the anger settle in you're letting that anger take place and settle in your heart can I tell you something if you need to go for a drive around the block 
Then go for a drive around the block. When you come back home, you bring it back home. 18 years of marriage, my wife and I decided to do one thing, and here it is. You ready? There's a kept several things, but one of the things we decided to do is this. We will never, ever go to sleep angry at each other. And for 18 years, we've never done that. Somebody I told this one time to said, there's no way. There's no way. And I said, you don't have to believe me, because I know what's true. My wife and I have never went to sleep angry at each other. Now, it may have been a long night. But we sat and we talked it till we talked it out. We forgave each other. You go out and you say, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back whenever. And you leave and you don't come back for a day or two or whatever. Guess what? And you're in a married relationship that's sinning against your spouse. Straight up. I'm not going to even pull punches with you. You're putting and you're sowing seed into your marriage. That later you will harvest. You don't want to harvest that. Because what you did is you let that anger settle in. Because you know what? That whole night. You're thinking. If not, they're thinking. Somebody's thinking. Guys tend to compartmentalize. Right? We kind of put this here. And we can sleep. Guys can sleep sometimes with that. They can sleep with a little bit of this. And they'll just put it here. They'll sleep. Wake up and be like, oh yeah, this. And they'll just put it and apply it again. Ladies, they'll stew over it. Right, ladies, you know what I'm talking about, right? You'll be thinking about it the whole night. How dare he? The nerve of this guy. And I'm not saying either one are right or wrong. I'm just telling you the tendency, the natural tendency. Guys can compartmentalize, ladies will hold it and carry it. Guess what that becomes? A seed. It'll be rooted in your heart and bitterness will start to sprout. Wrongful retreat. Turn it down a little bit, gentlemen. Wrongful retreat says this, I'm going to do what I want to do despite the feelings of the other person. There's no place for that. No place for that. So let me give you two love boosters. Are you ready? Two love boosters. Number one, if you want to grow your relationship, whether it's a relationship or marriage, write this down. Back of your bulletin. Here we go. Number one, here's a love booster. Spend time and talk about goals. That you want to set together. This is free. This is free. Set goals together. Whether you're in a relationship that you're dating, engaged, or married. Set goals. That's a love booster. Number two. Here it is. You ready? Write down all the things that that other person does that makes you happy. And then message them. Throughout the week. One a day. Or. Sit down one day and tell them. List them out. Say I just want to tell you something. I, I'm, I'm not expecting anything in re response to this. I don't expect you to have a list. But I wanted to tell you. I wrote down some things. That I appreciate that you do. And tell them. One by one. However you want to do it. That right there. Will boost your relationship. And take it to another level. I'm telling you this because your relationships matter to me and your relationships matter to us. And if this doesn't matter to you, this message doesn't matter to you, this right here, if this, what I just told you for the last however many minutes doesn't matter to you, you got to be a little concerned. Because these things right here 
are what's going to make your marriage stronger. Love boosters are very important. Find the love language of the person that you love and do your best to meet those things. I'll share this last thought with you. What's your relationship carrot look like? Your relationship carrot, here's what I mean. What's the thing that you guys are striving for together? What's the thing that you're reaching for together? Right? What's the thing that's causing you to want to set goals together? Reaching for that relationship carrot. I'm telling you right now that if you don't have a goal, you'll meet it every time. <laughs> Your relationship carry is very important because you need to have God-sized goals together. If you don't have goals, what tends to happen is you don't live in the leap. You don't live in the trust. You don't live in the desire to be better. I don't know about you, but I want to make my relationship, even 18 years in, better than it was the first 17 years together. I want to make this one better than the last. And that is often done by setting goals together. Amen? Can I have you bow your heads with me across this room? Father, we are so grateful for your Holy Spirit. I'm asking you, God, that you allow us to see what it is that you're doing in our lives. But how, also how we're doing in our relationships. How would it look like to be married to me? God, that I would not look at everyone else's relationship and everybody else's grass is greener and start watering my own. Start looking at my own self. God, I'm asking you today that I would be the best me possible. I pray your Holy Spirit would help us. Help us, God. In Jesus' name. That we would be a people that would honor you and not just our personal lives individually, but that when we enter a relationship or a marriage, and even those that have been married a long time, that you would be honored by how we conduct ourselves. And for those that are maybe in a transition time, or maybe not dating or seeing anyone, God, not married, previously married, maybe even coming from a home that was broken, trying to heal, God, would you let your arms just wrap about them today? Wrap your arms around them in a way that they need to today. May they sense your love and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.